It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hi, everyone. This is Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Wrigley Field in Chicago, where the Guardians are taking on the Cubs this weekend in a three-game series. Coming up a little bit later on in our show, we will have a full farm report dealing with the Lake County captains, the single-A entry for the Guardians in their farm system with Director of Player Development Rob Serfolio. We'll also talk hitting with Guardians hitting coach Chris Baleka as the team put together a much better month of June than they did the first two months of the season as things started to click offensively. And we'll also check in with Will Brennan, who had an opportunity to return home and play in front of a lot of hometown fans when the team was in Kansas City earlier this week. But first, a look back at the week in review, and we mentioned that series in KC and quite a series it turned out to be for Cleveland as the opener on Tuesday night featured a two-to-one win, but it was difficult to get there. Now, a good pitcher's duel shaped up early as Brady Singer for Kansas City had it going, and so did Guardians rookie right-hander Gavin Williams, who looked outstanding in his second Major League start. Two outs, nobody on base, no score, bottom of the seventh. Gavin Williams, pitch number 92, is a curveball hit in the air. Routine left center, Stephen Kwan is there. And if this is it for Gavin Williams, how about this night? Seven shutout innings of one-hit baseball. He just dominated the strike zone. And we go to the eighth, scoreless. Kansas City broke through for the game's first run in the eighth inning. And it could have been much more, but Bo Naylor shut down the threat with a spectacular play from behind the plate. Now the set, now the pitch to Freddie Fermin. The runner takes off. High throw on a pitch out. Throw to second by Naylor. He still got him! Wow, what a play by Naylor. He called a pitch out. Stefan didn't throw a pitch out. He just threw it high over the plate. Naylor had to lunge back to grab it. Spin around, throw to second, and threw out the runner. You may never see a better throw out than the one we just saw from Bo Naylor. So the Guardians had one more chance to win it in the ninth, or at least tie it, and Josh Naylor got things started with a single, then a one-out walk to Andres Jimenez, put two men aboard for the hometown kid, Will Brennan. 
The pitch, Brennan rips one down the right field line. Fair ball and into the corner. That'll score Arias. Jimenez is being waved around. No throw to the plate. Will Brennan with a two-run double into the right field corner. And the Guardians have a two-to-one lead in the ninth. And Barlow went back to another breaking ball. And Brennan was all over it. And a three-hit game for Will Brennan. His 13th double giving him 23 RBIs. And Cleveland has a 2-1 to lead with two here in the ninth. On to protect the lead in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Closer, Emmanuel Classe. Classe is ready. Here it comes. A swing and a chopper to short. Charged by Rosario. Gloves throws to first. Ball game. And the Guardians get a two-run double in the top of the ninth from Will Brennan and stun the Kansas City Royals 2-1. to one. So a real nice win for the Guardians, pulling one out of the hat late and winning it by a score of 2-1 to one on Tuesday, and that brought them to Wednesday and a rarity in this season, a game where the Guardians could put it on cruise control about midway through and really enjoy a lopsided win. The big day started in the third inning. A single and two walks loaded the bases for one of baseball's hottest hitters, Jose Ramirez. Royals infield double play depth. The pitch. And he swings and lines one to deep left field. This ball is gone! It's a line drive. Grand slam home run into the Cleveland bullpen in left. And Jose Ramirez with the first grand slam of the year for Cleveland. His fifth career grand slam. And Austin Cox pays the ultimate price, walking people ahead of Jose Ramirez. In the fifth with a runner on, Josh Bell stepped in. Here comes the 0-1. Swung on, and that's lifted high and deep to right center. Oh, look out in the fountains, and it is a splashdown. Josh Bell goes deep into the fountains in right center. Two more on the board for Cleveland, and it's now 6-0. Oh, my. A majestic blast for Josh Bell as he hits home run number eight on the season. Then in the sixth, the Guardians removed any doubt. Miles Straw got it started with a base hit. Then Bo Naylor came to the plate. The set, the pitch. And it's swung on, hit pretty well to left center. Long run for Waters, still going back. This ball is gone! Bo Naylor with his first major league home run. A two-run home run the opposite way to left center. And the Guardians, in a rare breakout of home run derby, lead the Royals 8-0 with all eight runs coming on three home runs tonight. Stephen Kwan followed with a single. Then Ahmed Rosario came through. Now the 2-0 pitch. Swung and ripped to right field. Base hit near the line. Melendez has to dive. Cuts it off in the warning track. Now the ball squirts free. Around third coming for home is Kwan. He'll score. Rosario keeps motoring to third. And that'll be an RBI triple for Ahmed Rosario. And it's a 9-0 Cleveland lead. Great effort. In that right field corner by Melendez trying to cut the ball off. He dove after it on the warning track and started to smother it. And then it squirted free of him and rolled toward the wall. And 
in this ballpark mentioned it at the outset I mean you have a boatload of triples and even inside the park home runs in this place and Ahmed Rosario now has gone back on top of the league in triples with five after a walk to Jose Ramirez Josh Naylor kept the rally going again the payoff pitch Swung on, roped into right field to base hit near the line. It'll go to the wall. That is going to score Rosario. Ramirez flying into third, stops there. And chugging into second with another RBI double is Josh Naylor. And the Guardians have hit for the cycle here in the sixth inning. Naylor has made it a 10-0 ball game with his second double, his 58th RBI. And then Josh Bell's big day continued. The pitch. Hit on the ground. Toward third, it's a fair ball. Base hit down the left field line. In to score are both Ramirez and Naylor. Head first slide and a two-run double for Josh Bell. And Bell has knocked in four. And he inside outed that ball. Inside the bag down the third base line. And it ends up being one of those innings where anything Cleveland is hitting is finding a hole. And the Guardians have added six runs to their lead. 12-0 Cleveland. Will Brennan added an RBI on a ground out to cap off the seven-run sixth inning, and the Guardians were on top 13-0. One more run came in the seventh, once again courtesy of Jose Ramirez. If you include tonight, in the last 18 games, Jose is batting over 400 with 13 extra base hits and 20 RBIs. Now the 1-0. Swung in and roped to right. Down the line it goes. Fair ball. It'll ricochet and roll around in that right field corner. Hitting third and coming home is Naylor. Hosey will put the brakes on at second and it is 14-0 Cleveland. Ramirez with a two-out BB down the right field line. He has knocked in five and that is double number 21. And right now, Ramirez is as hot as we have seen really since last year before he tore that ligament in his thumb. Kansas City did get a run in the bottom half of the seventh to break up the shutout bid. And then in the ninth, Tim Heron was on to finish things up. Heron's ready. The big lefty sets in the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. And the Guardians have won a series and will look for a sweep tomorrow. Cleveland with its most lopsided win of the campaign batters the Kansas City Royals tonight 14 to 1. So the Guardians had their largest run output of the season in a game and also a single inning with the 14 runs in the ball game and the seven run inning as uh, the offense was really clicking on Wednesday. Then on Thursday a memorable game to be sure. A loss, though, for the Guardians as they fell 4-3 to three to Kansas City in 10 innings. It was a good battle that went to extra innings tied at 2. And in the top half of the 10th inning, Jose Ramirez was the runner that started at second base. He got to third on a ground out. And then Aroldis Chapman got a strikeout for the second out in the inning. Andres Jimenez was the batter. And you can't believe what happened next with Ramirez at third base. The two-strike pitch. Here comes Ramirez. Throw to the plate. High. Head first slide out at the plate. 
Jose waves to the dugout, says challenge it. How about that? Jose Ramirez trying to steal home plate. He says he got the hand in before the tag of Perez. And here comes acting manager DeMarlo Hale. And Jose as daring and as smart a base runner as there is in the game. And now we await the critical decision from the replay crew in New York. Here it comes. After review, the call on the field is overturned. Runner's safe. How about that? Jose Ramirez has stolen home plate. He knew it. And he has stolen home with two outs and two strikes on Andre Jimenez. And Cleveland has a 3-2 to two lead here in the 10th inning. Incredible. Boy, and it seemed like that might be enough with Emmanuel Classe coming on to try and close it out. But in the bottom of the 10th, the Royals put a couple of runners on base. And Freddie Fermin, pinch hitting, walked it off with an RBI two-run double to give Kansas City the 4-3 win. On Friday, the opener of the series here in Chicago, all Cubs 10-1, a loss for the Guardians to open the three-game set. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from outfielder Will Brennan. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. The final horse now in the gate, and they're off. They're starting off with a double toe loop jump, leaving a difficult 7-10 split as there's movement on the inside rail. Only nine pins separate them now as they head to the final quarter mile. They're neck and neck. It's down to the last frame. Here comes the actual jump. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Win, strike, savings, gold. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. It's Guardians Weekly from Wrigley Field in Chicago, where the Guardians are taking on the Cubs this weekend. A 10-1 to Cubs victory on Friday. The series continuing on Saturday night with a, 7 to a 15 first pitch Cleveland time. And then it closes on Sunday, a 2-20 first pitch here at Wrigley to close out the road swing. Will Brennan had a memorable return home to the Kansas City area. In Kansas City, the Guardians were playing. He's from Stillwell, Kansas, which is about, oh, about 30 minutes or so outside of Kansas City, but a lot of great memories growing up for most of his childhood in that area. And on Tuesday, he picked up the game-winning base hit in front of his hometown friends and family. We caught up with him before that game, and he told us a little bit about his upbringing and the hometown of Stillwell, Kansas. You know, really nice town. The people are the best. That's the only thing that really stands out to me is the people. Um, it's any other sub suburban town, but just the people are, are the best. You know, I went to a really good group of schools and just met some really incredible people along the way that have helped turn me into the person I am today. How did you turn into the ball player you are? What were the programs like growing up to, to get you going? There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of work with my stepdad. That was it. Was kind of just me and him along that journey. You know, we would go to Mackin sites and hit hours on end after school and use the batting cages. And then uh, I played for Building Champions growing up through high school. And so they kind of taught me the name of the game of you know how to 
create a baseball IQ really and play hard and kind of the things that people don't really look at. And so, you know, I'm really grateful for those people and for those facilities and for my stepdad, really, Rob. Yeah. First major league game here. What do you remember about it? Yeah, so I played three games in high school here, and then I played against Arkansas in college here. And so, um, I don't know, it's going to be pretty exciting as a big league. I know it's huge. It's like a uh, football field out there in the outfield, so that'll be fun to track down some balls. But uh, uh, just a special environment, the fountains, it's just really cool. Giant jumbotron, so be cool. You going to be able to hold it together, you think? Yeah, absolutely, you know. I don't know the quote of, you know, you've played in once, you've played in them all, but this one will be really special with the amount of family and friends I have coming here. It'll be really cool. Will Brennan is joining us, coming home as he grew up about 30 minutes from here and went to Kansas State. Uh, and, Will, you're back at it, and, and you've been playing good baseball as, as the team comes in here. I know you had a, a little hiccup with the uh, minor injury, but uh, as good a time to come here as any? Yeah, absolutely. You know, any time that we can try and come here and – get a sweep you know i know the royals aren't doing that great right now so it'll be big momentum for us moving forward anytime that we can do that and get some wins in a great city that's that's what we do yeah to miss a couple of games because of a tremendous defensive play and then we talked so much about your hitting um how much pride did you take in, in the catch that you made last week oh i took a ton of pride you know it's a lot of hard work and it's not as easy as people think it is so anytime that you know you can make a great play like that you got to soak it in um but that's why baseball is beautiful because the next day you got to move on or the, even the next play. And so that's, yeah, take a lot of pride in it and work really hard. Any concerns that, that you would be able to pick up where you left off after? No, I mean, just kind of facing Corbin Burns on Sunday is always a great test to uh, see where you're at, Cy Young Award winner. But, um, you know, we just keep rolling as business as usual. While we're here in Kansas City, any uh recommendations for places to eat from the will brennan rolodex <laughs> yeah i would say if you want a barbecue it's just a little sneaky barbecue spot you go to slaps it's over in the west bottoms great spot um i was what sets that what what sets that apart from the other ones I, I don't know it's just not it's not like chained yet you know like there's not there's a ton of jack stacks there's a ton of joes you know and they're great but there's only one slaps Fair enough. And there's only one Will Brennan. Thanks for coming by. Awesome. Thanks, Rosie. Appreciate you. That's Guardians outfielder Will Brennan, who's had a a real nice season, another home run in Friday's game against the Cubs in a losing effort, but his fifth home run of the season, and he continues to swing a hot bat. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll talk hitting with Chris Faleka, the Guardians hitting coach. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Guardians Weekly from Wrigley Field in Chicago where the Guardians are taking on the Cubs this weekend. And uh, Cleveland stymied on Friday in the series opener by Justin Steele as they were limited to just one run. But for the most part, the month of June was a real positive month offensively as the Guardians, who struggled mightily through the first two months of the season, started to click a little bit, averaging close to five runs a game for the month. And that was Good to be in the upper echelon of teams offensively in the American League. The hitting coach is Chris Faleka. We caught up with him after a 14-run output on Wednesday night in Kansas City. 
And uh, we asked him if there was a specific turning point for the club offensively as they headed into the month of June. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've been, you know, trying to stay as consistent as possible with the guys. Um, you know, that St. Louis series has been kind of the, the turning point, I think, for us. You know, kind of flipping the script. I think the narrative against us has always been, you know, aggressive with fastballs. You know, knowing we make a lot of contact, the slug hasn't always been there. So, you know, I think trying to flip that script and, and embrace that and, you know, continue to look to be aggressive, even though we're not, you know, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. We can hit the ball hard and, you know, create a little bit more damage and traffic on the bases. You mentioned flipping the script. Is it hard to do that when, when you established an identity that worked so well a season ago? Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we get away from, you know, what we do well. We, we know we make a ton of contact, but, you know, you don't want that to be your Achilles heel either and end at bats early just because you can make contact. So, you know, I think, you know, by experience and the more at bats these guys get, they're going to know, you know, when to take a chance, look to impact the ball, even though they, they do know how to make contact deeper in account. You know, let's, let's use some of that early to, to, to look to, you know, add a little bit of slug to our lineup. That experience factor, uh, how much does that kick in and, and at what point and how many players here are still in that lineup with really very little experience? Yeah, I think, you know, all of us have to continue just to, to check ourselves. I think, you know, having the year that, that that played out last year and having some guys get some experience, you know, just because they have a year in the big leagues doesn't make them a veteran yet. But I think them growing every day, um, you know, is going to make them them better players. And, you know, they have to, to go through the ebbs and the flows of the season. And, you know, they're learning, you know, pitches they can handle, pitches they can't handle, you know, history, experience with other other pitchers. So, you know, I think as they continue to grow, we're going to keep seeing these guys evolve into to better and better players. But, you know, each day we're growing. So it's not like we have the most veteran lineup that, that we're running out there every day. Chris, you look at, at how the team has performed of late about a month of, of really good production offensively. Jose Ramirez has been doing it for years, and, and he's starting to do it again here this season. Josh Naylor, though, seems to have made a, a real nice breakthrough. And what's he doing that's allowed him to be so effective? He, he went into this offseason really putting in the work. Um, you know, I think the, the highlight was him hitting off lefties, and what, what we've seen him do this year off lefties has been outstanding. Um, you know, he, he's always been a high-contact guy. You know he has the power. We saw him hit 20-plus home runs last year. So really just, you know, leaning into what he does well, you know, looking for, for times to, to impact the ball. But him, you know, driving in close to 60 runs right now before the All-Star breaks, outstanding. And, you know, especially with, with Josh Bell hitting behind him, Hosey in front of him, you know, I think that's a pretty powerful 3-4-5 combination that we have. And Will Brennan uh, in that younger player category, but uh, it seems very steady for him. You saw a glimpse of it last year. What's he done to take another step forward this year? He's been he's been great. You know him him coming in and taking over that position in right field. You know, it, it's been incredible for us to watch him just you know evolve into the big leaguer that he's been and the confidence that that he's growing into. Um, you know, I think there's there's always work to be done but some of the the things that he's worked on you know controlling the top of the strike zone looking to impact the ball like we've talked about with with all these guys you see those power numbers but he's just he puts up a trust trusting at bat every time you know when he walks to the plate you know you're going to get a good at bat out of him and you know of late really good things have been happening so today uh zach granke's on the mound for kansas city and it's not often the hitting coach actually face the the pitcher who's pitching you did uh how can that help your hitters today i don't think they want to hear about how i faced zach granke i think he's got more strikeouts than i have hits off him so we'll we'll uh we'll do not what the hitting coach did against him <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that today chris thanks a lot for coming by appreciate it Rosie. that's hitting coach chris Valeco, who's done some real good work and he seems to have that 
good balance of wanting to make some adjustments and, and encouraging hitters to try and find those ways to be more effective at the plate, but also being patient. That's the hard part, but uh, he has a real good feel for, for when to do both, and it has worked out well in his uh, two se- or second season now as the hitting coach for the Guardians. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll fill you in on some of the young prospects at Lake County, the single-A club for the Guardians, with Rob Serfolio, the director of player development. That's next. Progressive knows we're all trying to save right now. Hey, at least we're still enjoying baseball on a Saturday night, right? Even if it is T-ball. Yeah, but tickets to the majors are just so expensive now. And who knows, maybe we're seeing a pro in the making. Sure, in like 20 years. How is he safe? Boo! This up stinks! Um, the up is only 14. We don't really do that. Oh, my bad. You're doing a great job, Ump. Progressive offers you savings without sacrifice. So save big when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from Wrigley Field in Chicago. Each week we try and catch up with Rob Serfolio, the director of player development for the Guardians, and give you an update on one of the teams in the farm system. And this week we focus in on Lake County, the high A team for Cleveland. And Rob was uh, explaining the difference in, in terms of the level that these kids are playing at, and when it comes to development and finding out where players stand, Rob says that at the single-A level, the high-A level, that is a dynamic where you really start to get a good read on players on whether they can continue in the system or perhaps it's the end of the line in terms of their careers. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I think for you know maybe some of the fans that don't get a chance to see the the lengthy rule books that that major league baseball sends our way over the last couple of years they've put in a couple new rules that limit the total number of players you can have within your organization on the minor league side so you think about domestic rosters it's triple a all the way down to your rookie ball team whether that's arizona for us or florida for some of the other teams across the league and essentially you know five years ago you could have as many players as your organization wanted to and now they've kind of leveled the playing field a little bit and put in some new rules that caps the number of players that you can have from triple a to rookie ball which is is good in some sense and creates some challenges in others and i think you know as you noted rosie the the high a level in particular has become a little bit of a you know upper level triple a double a guys that are a little bit older where high a is you know a lot of young prospects that are running into good players for the first time in their career and guys are the average age of some of these levels has gotten younger and younger so you have players with less experience that are facing you know tough competition for really the first time in their career and you know especially having the the makeup of our team currently is a lot of former high schoolers on, especially on the position player side or, you know, former international picks. And so these guys are oftentimes the best player in their whole state or, you know, one of the best players in the country they're coming from. And they're being challenged right now. And maybe it's different than the major league level where adversity can result in losses. You know, a lot of good comes out of facing adversity and better competition in the minor leagues. And so for this level in particular, you know, we've got some guys that have gotten off to slower starts than maybe they were hoping to, but, you know, we're really trying to make this a learning opportunity and, and find ways 
for these guys to make adjustments. So just, you know, kind of speaking to the global dynamics of, of what high A baseball has become, I think those are some of the things that, you know, we're seeing across all of minor league baseball, but then specific to our team in particular in Lake County. Well, let's start right there then with the uh, position player wise. And I know a, a young man that the organization's very high on is Jake Fox. And uh, he's coming off a good year a season ago, but it looks like it's been a real challenging year this year. And what are you seeing from him as he goes through that, maybe for the first time in his pro career? Yeah, you know, Jake comes from a baseball family. His dad played. Uh, so he knows a little bit and expects some of these challenges to come. But when you experience for the, for, for the first time, it it is humbling. And I think one of the things that, you know, we're really proud about Jake and how he's just handled this from the mental side of, especially when you struggle early on out of the gates like he did offensively, that can spiral quick. And we've seen him rebound a little bit over the last month or so, which has been super encouraging. His work has been fantastic with with Jordan Becker as our hitting coach there and and just the rest of the hitting group that's supported him through trying to make some of those adjustments we talked about, being a young kid, still 20 years old, one of the youngest kids in the whole league. Despite getting off to that slow start, he didn't shy away from that. He was real with some of the results and was eager to try and find ways to improve. And, you know, I think we're starting to see some of that show through here in the last month. And a guy that we're still really excited about with how he can impact the baseball. He, he's, you know, learned how to play outfield, playing a lot of center field for us last year and then almost exclusively this year and, and has really done a nice job on the defensive side making that transition. So a young kid that, you know, we're excited to have another 300 plate appearances coming his way and, you know, we're going to keep getting our hands dirty. Nate Furman is someone who was putting up some real good numbers at Lynchburg, and now he's made the jump up to the high A level. And what are some of the things that, that he's seeing that he's trying to work on as he moves up the ladder? Yeah, so, you know, I think Nate, you know, candidly really dominated the, the low A level and has, uh, has, like we talked about, faced a tougher challenge in high A so far, which is, which is great. Again, another guy that really does some things well in the batter's box when it comes to limiting chase putting the bat on the ball and we're, we're trying to emphasize some of hitting balls at the right angles and and impacting the baseball a little bit more frequently than, you know, what he's been accustomed to as a college player where you have different philosophies. And um, again, you know, similar to Foxy firm is a tremendous worker comes to the ballpark every day with a purpose and a plan of what he's trying to get better at is really eager for coaching and feedback. And, you know, again, a, a kid in his first year in pro ball that we're excited to have 300 more plate appearances coming his way through the second half, which will be which will be fantastic. Kristen Cairo is is one who's putting up some solid numbers, looks like. I know he's had to, to battle at times uh, to get that good steady playing time. And what are you seeing from him as the season moves along? Yeah, just that. So, you know, Christian's a guy that got a taste of this level last year. He had a little bit of an injury bug, which limited some of his plate appearances in 2022, but he has not let that slow him down this year and is, you know, really posting some impressive numbers across the board when it comes to walks, strikeouts, and hitting for some power this year as well. So, um, you know, being one of the older guys on that team, even though he's only 22 years old, uh, it's been an impressive start to the year for him on both sides of the ball. He's played third. He's jumped in at shortstop when we needed him to, played a lot of second base. So, um, a guy that uh, continues to earn opportunities in the batter's box and, and all over the field on defense. Now we talked about Joe Lampy before because we saw him a little bit 
at Major League Spring Training, filling in at, at the back end of games. And I know he's had a real good month with a Player of the Month award in the yeah. uh, the Midwest League. But when uh, you look at, at what he's going through, the, the ebbs and flows of that long full season, what are you seeing there on how he's handling that? Just that it's, you know, it's, it's not too dissimilar from what we talked about with Furman. You know, this is a guy that we challenge going straight to high A. You know, he comes obviously from a, a good college background being an ASU. Uh, so playing in the Pac-12, you know, you, you get good competition. And we thought that Joe was up to the challenge and he came out guns a blazing. And, and again, like we, we talked about all these guys, the league, you adjust the league, the league adjusts back and facing some better competition for, for the first time as a pro, he's he's scuffled a little bit. I think Joe would be the first to tell you that. And so we're trying to find ways to continue to have the end in mind of trying to make him an impact major leaguer. And, you know, oftentimes some adversity in the minor leagues can, can be helpful for us. And so figuring out what's our, our biggest North Star with Joe on, on the offensive side and, and even physically some of the things and, and how those two domains are connected to – to help support him and make this a great learning experience that he'll be better for, you know, in the future. Rob Serfolio is joining us. He's the director of player development for the Cleveland Guardians. We're talking minor leagues and in this case, high A Lake County. And we'll switch to the pitching side of things. And in their bullpen, I know a young arm you're really impressed with so far is Tyler Thornton. And uh, what's he showing as the season moves along? Yeah, Tyler's had a a really great year and, you know, maybe a, a guy that's, a little bit of a sleeper in some sense. You look at what he did last year, and it was also equally impressive and can really miss bats. Just learning how to be, you know, becoming a, a professional reliever is is a lot of work when it comes to maintaining your body and being physically able to go out there and pitch two, three times a week. And, you know, those are some of the challenges that, that Tyler's really taken on this year in 2023, and so far he's met that and continued to perform at a high level, which, which has been really encouraging. So, you know, he's got some unique characteristics to his fastball that, that makes it really difficult to square up and has continued to develop his secondary as well. Um, and I think that's, that's really led to, to some of the, you know, really impressive strikeout numbers that this guy's put together so far. And uh, we're not a finished product. You know, there's still some things when it comes to attacking the zone and, and secondary refinement that we want to that we want to have in mind, but it, it's pretty impressive what Tyler's done so far to start the year. And in the rotation, I know you're working through some things to to keep him going from a health standpoint. But what have you seen from Ryan Webb so far as as maybe a, a more experienced pitcher at that level? Yeah, so you know Webb comes to us from University of Georgia, a guy that had Tommy John when we drafted him. So you know even though he's a little bit older and a college guy, his just the reps as a pro under his belt are a little bit lighter. And so it's been great to get him back into a rotation healthy to start the year. You know, he's bad on a little bit of a, you know, a minor oblique injury right now, but we expect him to be back and we're really encouraged with some of the, the, the steps he's made and the progress after, you know, like some of the hitters not getting off to a great start the first month, his second month, he's really started to pick it up and show some of the, the stuff characteristics that we saw in the draft that was really enticing. And, you know, we're excited to get him back out there and healthy soon. And circling back to, to where we started the conversation um, a little while back um, in regards to the numbers situation at, at the minor league level with some new rule changes from major league baseball, uh, 
because of the situation with Cleveland at the major league level, having to fill three spots in the rotation uh, with pitching, um, how has that filtered down to the minor league level? And are there times where you're just trying to find some healthy arms to get through and, and, and really keep it going as a positive season for all involved? Yeah, there's certainly some of that. And, you know, I think just having less players makes by default forces us to challenge more guys than maybe we would have historically. But, you know, anytime, Rosie, you can put guys like Gav and, and Bybee and, and L.A. up in the big leagues is, is always a, a really exciting year for us and, and on the player development side. I mean, you know, that's that's the ultimate goal is to help us win games in Cleveland and, and do that with guys that, that we drafted and have worked with with day one. And, um, you know, I think that's been – uh, a huge motivator for all of our staff on the minor league side is, um, you know, just validating in some sense of the work that we're doing with these guys. And, and obviously they're not a finished product and those guys are still young pitchers that are developing. You could say the same, even about some of the rookies we talked about last year with, with Will Brennan and Kwani and, and all those guys that are, you know, just getting experience under their belt. But uh, while that does, you know, require us to maybe challenge more players than, we historically would have it's it's really exciting for um for our entire player development group and i think just speaks volumes to the type of guys that we've acquired in the draft and and just to the work that our coaches have done to to help support these guys on on achieving their goal of being a major leaguer well rob i know a a lot on your plate and the draft is coming up so so there'll be even more uh, fun things to do from the development standpoint but as always we appreciate the time and we'll catch up with you soon Likewise, Rosie. Thanks for having me and looking forward to chatting soon. That's Rob Serfolio, the Director of Player Development for the Guardians. Our weekly farm report is part of Guardians Weekly. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much to Brian Matze, as always, for putting together our show each week back at Command Center. Until next week, when we join you from back home at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.